In this week's Fit for Purpose, I'm talking with Jane Harrington, the Vice-Chancellor of the University of Greenwich. Jane's been the VC of Greenwich for just under a year, but has set a goal for Greenwich to be the best modern university in the UK. And we talk about why that's not so much about mirroring Oxford or Cambridge, but more about being a positive force for change, not just for its students, but in a wider community too. Jane Harrington, thanks so much for coming on the podcast this week. You're a relatively new VC at the University of Greenwich. Tell us a little bit about the journey that ended up with you being in this role now. Yeah. Hi, good morning, Justine. Um, well, it's, it's I, I'm sort of a VC by chance, I would say, rather than um, by anything else. I started my journey as the first member of my family to go to university. And if you had asked me at that point, would I be a VC? I was very far from my mind. My main aim was to get a job that meant I was independent and didn't ever have to rely on anyone else at, at that moment in time. Um, then I, I held a whole range of roles actually in, in universities. I, was, I, I started before university, I had a brief um, foray in ICL computer company, which mm-hmm longer sadly exists but I then went I had roles as program tutors um, I had roles as looking after in, um, the international um, side of the university I did a lot of work on partnerships a lot of work doing liaisons with ex- external external organizations so I had a sort of whole range I I used to joke actually when I became before I was VC I think was a deputy vice chancellor and I used to joke with a colleague there who'd had a whole range of roles in professional services that between us we'd had every single role in a university. (laughs) And what was it that in a sense appealed to you about going into the education sector really you know you obviously started off in a very very different one um and then decided to to make a switch in a way yeah my i was um i was the first member of my family to go to university and i went to um to um ue bristol which was at the time bristol polytechnic Mm -hmm. and for me it was life-changing it, it was suddenly I had my eyes open to a world that I didn't know existed, to possibilities that I had no idea that I could achieve. And yet at the same time, I saw things there that I felt could be better. So mm-hmm. I, I mean, well, obviously there were some lecturers who were passionate about students and supported students, but there are others who weren't. And for me, I, I think ultimately what drove me was I wanted to make a difference to people's lives and I felt I could do that through education I felt that that was something I I would be good at doing but I also wanted to go beyond that I think I think I knew that what I really wanted was to help change that system so that every individual had that opportunity and and that's but I wouldn't have known that I think unless I'd had that opportunity myself Mm, I mean I was the first person in my family to go to university and I mean, it genuinely was completely transformative. I left three years or four years later, I spent a year doing research. I left a very different person, much more confident. Mm. I think I had a much clearer sense of the different opportunities. Um, And I just met so many different people. You know, I think all of us just grow up where we grow up and I'd not really been 
outside of Rotherham regularly. I mean, we've been on holiday, obviously, but, you know, when I look back on it, you, you know, your life's quite limited, really, until you're 18. And then suddenly you go to university and you meet all these different people. And I think it really does put you in a very different place in terms of your social development by the end of it, doesn't it? Mm. I think I think it does. And I think what it does is it suddenly exposes you to the possibilities and and that there and that there's something beyond what you ever imagined. And yes. and you're also exposed to beyond your actual education, to culture, to the arts, to science, technology, just suddenly the world becomes a much bigger place. When I took on a role doing some of the international work, that was another life-changing moment where I'd although I'd had these wonderful opportunities, uh, but I hadn't really I had never had the money, I suppose, certainly not as a child and, and in my early years, as to go abroad and really explore the world. And suddenly I was liaising with, um, you know, universities in Malaysia, in Vietnam, and I was just exposed to a whole different plethora of sort of experiences and cultures. And, I th and that really shaped a lot of, you know, what I thought about broadening my horizons, about glo glo globalisation, about global politics. It just exposes you I think to a much wider range mm. of things that you wouldn't otherwise have those opportunities. I totally agree and of course now at the University of Greenwich you know you've got some real opportunity I think to to make a difference there. Tell us a little bit about you know what your vision for the university is and, and your sense of the role that Greenwich pay, plays as well perhaps more locally. Yeah Greenwich is a, a yeah, it's a fabulous university because it comes from really genuine roots around social inclusion that I think is really important and comes out of out of um, two, two previous polytechnics. Greenwich is located also in fabulous, obviously in Greenwich, but also in um, Avery Hill in London and in Medway in Kent. And that brings sort of huge opportunities, I think, for actually really developing a fantastic modern university. So... What I've, what I've, I'm refreshing the strategy, as you know, I've only been there six months, but we're, and what we're talking about is being the best modern university in the UK. And that's important because I don't want us to try and try and mirror somewhere like Oxbridge. That's not what we're about. And I think what we need to be able to do is shout about what we are and why that's so important to the mm -hmm. country. So our purpose as educators is to be a positive force for change to build building knowledge, creating opportunities and changing lives for the better. And, it, and if you put that in context, we 49% of our students are from black, Asian and minority ethnic backgrounds. Mm -hmm. uh, they're a huge proportion are first in their family to go to university and over 70% of them are what we call commuter students. So they live at home and come to the right. university every day. So that starts to give you a sense it's a very very diverse community and I and that brings with it these huge opportunities to mobilize that community and really shout about what you know what we stand for and it's very much focused around professional and technical education and giving people life chances that they wouldn't have had without that education. And is your sense that there's a big opportunity to really have a local community the ones that you're part of both around Greenwich but also in Medway really understand 
the role that the university can play locally as well, in a sense, almost connecting up the fact that so many people who live locally are, are, are attending the institution, but actually then what you can give back to the community too. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think the region's absolutely crucial. I mean, I've, we've, I've started some work with all of the higher education and further education um, colleges and universities in the region alongside the local council and the chambers of commerce to look at actually what do businesses need in terms of reskilling and upskilling in the current climate? Mm -hmm. So that would be one example. But but it's I, for me, it's all about partnerships because universities, I don't think, can or should sit in isolation in their region. You know, they're very much a they're part of the economy. They're big employers in their own right. And but beyond that, actually, what we can bring give to a university and what and what the region can give to the university works both ways. And so I'm very, very keen to partner with with the local councils, to partner with with the local businesses and but and also really importantly, the local schools and the local FE colleges and actually start to really create pathways through education and into education, because I don't for me, I'm not it doesn't bother me if a student starts on a part time course in an FE college and ultimately ends up in HE, or they start with me in the university, either, either route's fine, but we need to have those pathways and stop seeing it as competition, but actually recognise we're much stronger if we're all working together. And if we're actually serving the region with, with what they need and what the business community needs, what the public sector needs, that can only be a good thing. I'm sure that's right. And I think... What's really struck me about the work through the Social Mobility Pledge with, with universities is how time and time again, really they are hubs um, at the centre of a community. And there aren't that many organisations in a, a region or a community that almost have the scale to be able to make a difference. Um, and the university can do that. And so in a sense, if you're playing that strong role in linking up everyone else, then the ecosystem works. But equally, I feel if a university isn't doing that, then it really disproportionately um, harms that wider ecosystem from being able to work together. So it's a massive opportunity um, if you can get it right. And I mean, we're really proud to be working with, with Greenwich on the Social Mobility Pledge. Uh, because I just think there's a huge chance for the university to make an even bigger impact in the future than it's it's done in the past already. Jane, tell us a little bit about how you see the work that we've got on the Social Mobility Pledge with the, the University of Greenwich and in a sense what your aspirations are for that. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's really important because, you know, as I said at the beginning, really the if you go back to the roots of the University of Greenwich, it is about social inclusion. But I do think that for many universities, that was taken for granted, if, you, if that makes sense for a while. And for me, it's about really actually putting that first and forefront of what we do, because I think it makes it much clearer to everybody, not just inside, but outside, what we actually stand for. And then we feel then... like we, we've spent, you know, some time on, you know, widening access, widening participation. Mm -hmm. and, and we almost talk about it so much that in a weird way, we'd forgotten what it was in the first mm -hmm. place. It all became about the numbers um, and just 
doing yeah. things rather than actually why it mattered. And I think it became about entry into university mm-hmm. and, not, and not about outcomes out. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's about actually having, having that honest dialogue. So when you say, what would I want from you and the team? I would want openness and honesty. I want to, I do want to, obviously, what the report, obviously I want to celebrate the good because I want to be able to encourage people to learn from us as well. But, mm. but I'd really want to be able to identify areas for improvement because for me, it's about, you know, where can we really make a difference? What should we prioritize? Mm. What can we, and how can we learn, what, what can we learn from good practice elsewhere that we could look at ourselves? For me, it's about, Social mobility in its broadest sense, you know, in terms of age, abilities, sexual orientations, country of origin, um, race and religions. But the big thing for me is also about um, race, because we have such a large percentage of BME students and they're the very students where social mobility is so difficult for them to actually achieve. So that for me, if I could, if I could, if I could through some of this and through the work we're doing, close the BAME attainment gap and get these those students into fantastic employment, that would be a real achievement. And I certainly hope that through the work with the Social Mobility Pledge, you know, we've got around 500 employers. I mean, they employ collectively 5 million people. Part of the pledge, I think there's a real opportunity to knit those two parts of the the ecosystem that we've built which is the universities and these employers together and I mean the thing about Greenwich of course is go to your campus you can literally see the city of London in the background I mean it's why it's such an amazing campus and a, a fantastic backdrop the challenge I feel is making sure that somebody stood in your campus looking at all of those skyscrapers thinks yeah I could I can and I I perhaps will get my career in you know in the city and and it's breaking down those barriers I think for employers that's another part of what we want to look at as well through the pledge. Absolutely I agree I think it's the analogy for me of at the moment standing on the Thames looking across the shore to actually having a bridge across the Thames where you're running across to your opportunities and that's where I'd like to get to. And I, I agree with you that the thing that really excites me about this work is the opportunity to have some fantastic partnerships with businesses, connecting with them and, and also actually bringing them into the university because mm-hmm. I think we could learn a lot from businesses and they could help us to co-design some of our programmes, even potentially co-deliver them. You know, I think there's, I, for me, it's about opening universities up so that they're actually really accessible and they feel like places where businesses and communities want to come in and work with us. Mm-hmm. And if somebody says, I've got an issue, I need really need to resolve my business. They think, oh, the University of Greenwich, they're great. They, they're responsive, they're agile, they know they'll help us. And I think, It'd be interesting just to hear a little bit about almost the Medway campus and where that fits in as well. It, it's something that has become part of the university over recent years. Tell us a little bit about whether it's a different community, how it fits with the wider university. Yeah, I love Medway, actually. It's fabulous campus. It's um, it, has, it has our science and engineering provision and also an institute called the Natural Resources Institute, which has saved 
millions of lives in Africa through its work mm -hmm. on um, eliminating white flying rivers, for example. So mm -hmm. river blindness, 11 out, I think it's 11 out of 13 countries in Africa no longer have that there and that's because of their work. Mm. So, so there's some fabulous work there. There's lots of work around sort of food and agriculture and climate change, food scarcity, food security. So really, really important work. And it feeds into a region of in Medwe where there's huge social deprivation. And there's been historically very low participation in universities. So for me, it's really important because it's a real opportunity to actually work with that community and actually make higher education much more accessible to them, but also to do some short courses and some upskilling and help to solve crucially you know, real problems of the world. So for me, Medway is a really exciting campus. And what I really want in the future there is to have a university enterprise zone, to have an innovation mm -hmm. centre and to link- Tell us a little bit about the university enterprise zone, how that, how that might work. Well, there's lots of models out there. And I think if you look at, if we look at um, Medway, Medway itself has quite a lot of enterprise parks for established businesses, mm -hmm. small businesses. And what, I th what I'm very keen is that the university could actually have something which is at a much earlier stage about incubating some of those ideas. Mm -hmm. And we could support, and we could support that and we could line, link up with a partner to support that as well. So you could have, first of all, you could have, students actually testing out their enterprising and entrepreneurship ideas while they're still at university but then on the campus you could have you would have an enterprise zone which is really for very early stage businesses that need some space and perhaps some support and ideally I'd have wet and dry labs there so we could have science and technology and then and then they could springboard out into the enterprise parks so they've got so you end up with a sort of route through for new businesses because as you know lots of them actually don't survive because they haven't had that early support and it's not just money it's uh, it's support around you know marketing it's support around finances legal support it's it's all those basics that some of them just lack i think you're right and and often you know somebody wanting might have a business idea but they don't really know how to develop it or even if they know how to develop it they maybe don't know how to put the plan together yeah if they know how to put the plan together they don't know how to get the production capacity yeah. um designed and the chance i think to bring it all together and, and on people's doorstep is is really really powerful and i think it just underlines if you like the role that greenwich can play in those communities around it to make a massive massive difference I mean, from your students' perspective, I guess also, though, it's worth just reflecting on the fact that it's been a really difficult time for the university, hasn't it, through the lockdown and now obviously opening up for an autumn term like every other university and trying to make sure through, I suppose, blended learning that you're still managing to provide that core education um, that people are coming to the university and still giving that to students. Must, must have been a real challenge this year, Jane. It's yes. I mean, people use words like unprecedented, don't they? And it, it has been it has been hugely challenging. In some ways, it was easier to go online in lockdown than to come back off lockdown, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because because we had to do that very suddenly. And and what that taught us, everybody, I think, was that we could 
actually do things very, very quickly and mobilize everybody to do that. I think what's, what's the, the difficulty at the moment for students is the uncertainty and, and, the, and that they pick up lots of messages from everywhere. So at the moment, our students have, a, they do have reduced face-to-face -face, um, classes, probably like everybody, because we've had mm -hmm. to put social distancing in all the rooms, but every single programme has face-to-face -face delivery every week. And I think that's really important because I was saying at the beginning, over 70% of our students are commuter students. Those students, many of them don't have anywhere to study at home. Many of them don't have the support networks. So for them to be able to come in and meet, meet staff and other students face-to-face -face is really important. To access the library for them is really important. To access the computer rooms. So, And I think sometimes in this debate, it's assumed that all of these students are middle class and they're in halls mm -hmm. and it couldn't be further from the truth. Mm. So, so I'm very, I've been very keen and actually to be fair, I would say all the staff have too, we've mobilized together to actually try to in given the difficulties, give the students the best possible chance that we can to get them back on track. So for example, we ran something called Greenwich festival and, and um, level up, and that was two weeks of academic skills to try to bridge that gap from for those students who'd left mm. um, studying much earlier and they've had a huge gap in their education and we wanted to get them back on track. And, and what's interesting is we've often run things like this, but physically, actually, we have much better engagement virtually. Mm -hmm. And so there's some things that we may well take away and actually, well, we will take away and, and replicate in future years. So as challenging as it is, I think we've also, we're learning a huge amount of things of what really works differently. And that actually, in some cases, a blended approach maybe a re is really good for certain things. I'm sure. And I think it echoes what a number of universities have said, in a way, improving the online offer for mm. some students um, has helped. And it's made it a little bit easier for them to be able to access their learning. But I guess it's been a really difficult time for staff having to pivot really to such a different way of working, you know, in a sector of education where it is all about face to face, you know, intrinsically it's about mm. face to face transfer of knowledge. How hard has it been, Jane, do you think, for, for your staff at Greenwich? I think it's been hard across the whole sector I think I wouldn't want to deny that for a second I I think the um, staff have done amazingly well they've with very I mean it and it's very varied so of course some staff have absolutely embraced it all and in fact they can't get enough technology in some ways and they can't get enough uh, um, ideas some are very very scared because Techno it wasn't something that came naturally to them so we've had mm. but so we put in a lot more support for those staff and that support's ongoing um i think the thing that has made makes make has made the staff most anxious is when they're not sure how long something will last so pivoting online after after it settled down it became a way of how you were going to do it for the next you know couple of months mm -hmm. Coming back, it, I think there's still this uncertainty hanging over people about, will we have to lock down again? Will things change? And it's that uncertainty that it, I've noticed is the thing that probably most affects people's mental health. 
especially when it's an autumn term, which really is the most intense one in many respects. Um, for a university, you bring in a brand yeah. new set of students. Uh, absolutely. And and what it's, of course, meant is that staff have had to work very intensely over the summer. Mm. And as you know, with the changes to the A-levels, clearing had started and it then is. it had to be restarted. Um, so, um, so staff who would normally have then focused on different activities have ended up doing that for prolonged periods. So I think the concern that I would have is, and it's something I'm going to be watching very closely with staff, is that they are already tired. Whereas normally they're quite refreshed. And so we need to keep a very close eye on them as we go through this term and support where we can. I totally agree with that. And I guess the other area probably impacted as well, which is just worth touching on, is the ability of universities to do all of that um, widening access work that you would do in, in local schools normally. How is that impacted by the lockdown? It's very, very difficult, actually. Um, we can do quite a lot, quite a bit virtually, because of course schools have pivoted to on quite a lot of online. But my worry about that is, do you actually get the engagement of the very group of, of young people you're trying to engage? Mm -hmm. um, so we haven't been a, quite understandably. Schools don't want want outsiders back in them, so we haven't been able to go into them yet. But but we are talking to particularly to some of the schools and some of the FE colleges about what we could do together to support those young people going forward. So, but I, I, I would agree with you. I think that is a very difficult area at the moment. So still lots to think about and, and lots to work on in, in the sense of keeping an eye on. I think for schools, not only getting those young people back on track with their education, but then making sure that the wider work that would have been happening around aspiration and their expectations of where they go next, making sure that we don't lose yeah. sight of that. I think that's a, I think I think that's a really important piece. And it may well be that there's also some online outreach in the end that that can be developed that does have a yeah. bit of a, an additional legacy, a bit like your point on on how education by the universities delivered. Yeah. I think so. And there is um, there's a piece of work that um, one of the, my colleagues at Greenwich has been doing called the Eyes Project, and he's been doing it with some. It's a shared project between ourselves and Ravensbourne, and that was re that was an online um, tool for um, hard to reach um, young people, and mm -hmm. so so that. And I think, and I think that could be adapted actually for exactly what we're talking about. We're certainly looking at adapting it for businesses and young people who find themselves unemployed. So there's there's opportunity. I think there's opportunities. And I just think it's we need collectively to get our heads together on how we do this and, and quite quickly would be my view. Mm. And obviously, you've not been at the university um, that long. Um, now really getting into setting out the vision and, and where Greenwich goes next and it's been a very long journey but it's an exciting one I think looking ahead if you were talking to Jane I don't know maybe 10 year old primary school version of yourself knowing what you know now and all the twists and turns in a way that you've had in in your own career um, what advice do you think you'd, you'd give to younger Jane I think I think I would tell I think I would tell younger Jane to 
stop feeling like an imposter mm -hmm. um, to actually recognize to give herself a good talking to and recognize <laughs> that if she has got there and achieved what she has despite some of the difficulties then she really probably isn't that bad and that she needs to recognize that and and actually stand up and be confident in herself i would also tell my tell my younger self that that you know being true to your values and being you just being yourself is is a good thing and and i would because i think that's something that um sometimes when you're worried about whether you have the same rights as someone else that to speak up or speak out sometimes you don't and i think i would say to myself no that's okay. it's fine to do that so don't worry too much and and really um embrace who you are in the first place you don't have to be a different version of yourself um work out how the the version of itself yourself that you actually are can succeed yeah be the best version of yourself would be my well i think that's a brilliant um thought to end on jane thanks so much for doing the podcast uh, we're really looking forward to continuing this work on the social mobility pledge with the university of greenwich and thanks very, very much for all of the work that you're doing and, and how passionate you and the university are on social mobility. Um, I think it can make a real difference in, in the local communities you're part of. Thank you. Thank you, Justine. And it's a real pleasure to chat to you. And thank you for, thank you for um, giving us all that sort of enthusiasm and belief that we can do it as well. Really appreciate that. Thanks. I think the commitment that Jane and the rest of the Greenwich team have to the levelling up agenda is really crucial. They're working to connect their students to opportunities in the heart of London's economy across the other side of the River Thames, but also bringing higher education and skills training to a part of the country like Medway, where historically those opportunities haven't existed so much. And that Medway campus has gone on to produce talent that's active in international development with literally global impact, saving millions of lives in Africa. Being able to make a difference on that scale is within so many people, but they just need the opportunities available to realise their potential. And that's why levelling up and spreading opportunity and unlocking talent, just like the University of Greenwich is doing ever more effectively, matters so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Fit for Purpose. If you enjoyed it, please give us a rating and share with your friends, family and colleagues. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes.